1: Hello. Oh,
0: I'm too hot.
1: I knew you, you going to say that? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so happy. 23 degrees, was it? Maybe 24. Did it get as high as that? Right, well, but my neighbour said so, yeah. And I believe him.
0: Unfortunately, I was working today, which was an odd thing in itself. <laughs> Seriously, we had the clean around this morning. Hmm. And after she'd been here not very long, I said all right then, Karina, I'm off to work now. And her face, there was this utter shock on her face and she went, really? (laughs) That's bad. I mean, it just led me to think, what does she think I do Mm. for a living?
1: She might just think you're some kind of playboy. Well, I I bet you're in your dressing gown a lot, aren't you? I'm in
0: my dressing gown a lot. Even if Mm. I'm not in my dressing gown, I tend to work from bed.
1: Right, okay.
0: So I'm in bed a lot, just sat tapping away on a computer. Mm. And then I think she probably hears a lot of Beatles music for no discernible reason, as far as she's concerned. But there are are all these microphones and things upstairs. Mm. And we've we've worked with her, I don't know, a couple of years at this point. And I don't think we've ever had a conversation about what I do for a living.
1: So she's never talked about the, the attic and the microphones in the attic. No. I wonder if she thinks you're some kind of spy. <laughs> and they, and it's all the equipment's like for listening in. Yeah, Tapping maybe. calls, I don't know.
0: I've sometimes wondered if she thinks maybe I'm a pop star of some kind and I'm oh, up there singing. Your recording, yes. yeah. Yeah.
1: Beatles cover band.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think The Spy is perhaps more plausible mm. than me being yeah. a pop star. But yes, uh, so I, I was inside a building with no windows for most of today. So I missed out aircon. on aircon. It. it did have aircon, it did have aircon. Mm. But even I, after the the winter we've all had, even I was looking forward to maybe a little amble. Around the park today I did get one in yesterday when it was warm But not as hot Mm. I found myself Automatically doing head counts Of groups of people that I saw To check there were no more than six
1: (gasps) No Mm. Really? But then they could have been two households
0: I know, I know this is what I didn't realise I feel quite bad really because (laughs) Sarah told me that her friend Had invited her and uh, another woman ran to sit in a back garden and celebrate the fact she'd got a new patio and that the lockdown rules have been relaxed. And straight away, I barked back at her. But they haven't been relaxed. It's up to six people from two households. And I then re- subsequently was reading something and realised it's not the case. It's either, It could be six people from six households or it could be 24 people from two households. It's either six people or two entire households so i feel bad about the judgment and i suppose what i'll have to train myself to do is when i'm in the park and i see groups of more than six try and ascertain if they are just two households <laughs> difficult to do though but i have Very. found myself doing it a bit i've looked at people in the past and thought no way you flatmates i'm not buying oh, it really? yeah really? yeah but what do i know
1: it's probably because you can tell if they look like they hate each other or not. Because <laughs> they would by now, I'm sure.
0: Exactly. Like why why would nine flatmates be hanging out together?
1: No. Unrealistic. No. Yeah,
0: very much so. Um so so have you enjoyed the uh, the hot weather?
1: Um yeah, I have. I think it's been lovely. I've been outside quite a lot. And um today I uh, didn't wear a coat.
0: Nice.
1: I know. I know.
0: And you celebrated your lover, Tom. He had a birthday.
1: Boyfriend, yeah. Our I'm boyfriend's sorry. If, birthday.
0: I remembered your birthday. I just forgot your sons and your lovers. And I I, well, do, I do feel bad about it. But
1: I'm the important one. So yes, this is how I yeah. see it.
0: And I'll try and get better with your son's birthdays when he's old enough to remember them so that I can curry favour from him. And... Then Tommy will just have to, you know, if you can't handle me at my worst, <laughs> whatever the saying is.
1: He only mentioned it twice so you didn't, you hadn't called, so.
0: You bought him a stainless steel water bottle.
1: I did. Is that that's something that you've remembered that I told you? Yeah, I'm I just interested. thought I was interested.
0: I wondered if he was generally staining his steel and.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered about stainless steel. You can't stain it. Mm. I yeah. mean, was this a problem? It must have been. There must have been the original steel, the stained steel, Mm. must have been getting loads of stains on it from berry juices, I'm imagining.
0: (laughs) Any number of things. And somebody was there saying, if we could just crack this stain problem that steel has, (laughs) this really could be the metal of the future.
1: Mm -hmm. But luckily his water bottle is stainless steel. So Mm. if you wanted to have, for example, a turmeric juice, it wouldn't be an issue. It's
0: good. But it feels Mm. slightly wasted on water.
1: Yeah, but like I say, you might have a turmeric juice. So, would you would you have something other than water in a water bottle? I think people do. Yeah,
0: <laughs> not me. Like a juice. I'm a purist.
1: Oh, okay. I'm
0: a purist with that. Okay. Um, can I tell you mm. the worst thing that I have possibly ever heard a human being say to another human being?
1: As long as it's not something I said. No,
0: it's something
1: Sarah said.
0: And oh. <laughs> it was so unlike her because she's not driftery in this way. She's competent. And this thing that she said, like, I've blurted a lot of awful things out in my time. But I think this is worse than anything I've ever said.
1: Okay, I'm very excited.
0: We took an Uber yesterday. Mm -hmm. we had to go to a medical appointment don't get excited no one's pregnant don't worry no one's dying it was something pretty routine okay that was for the listeners benefit more than yours i think i would have told you if there was any news on either of those things both unlikely um Anyway, so the driver was really chatty and really nice. And from the second we got in, it, I could tell that he was maybe a bit starved of conversation because of lockdown. So he had a lot of energy, a lot of conversation. He tried a bit of football banter on me. It didn't work. But you know, I, I tried to keep up my end of the conversation. And we were talking about the weather. And then he was saying where he's from. It gets as high as fifty degrees a lot of the time. I said fifty degrees, I couldn't cope with that. Um, Where is that? And he told me it was uh, Somalia. And then he was telling me about his house there and how uh, it's right on the sea and he'd go swimming in the sea every day. And then I says, so, how how often did you get there then? And he says, well, every every year really until. Locked down recently, said it used to be more difficult with the situation in Somalia. And I said, oh, how are things now? Is it getting better? And he said, yeah, it is getting better. I mean, it was terrible 20 years ago. um, Both my parents were killed.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: And, I mean, straight away, I just felt, oh, God, I said, I'm so sorry. But the conversation kind of came to a full stop at that point because it had been very light, very light, talking about swimming in the sea, talking about the weather, and then he dropped in that both his parents had been killed. But he was this sort of upbeat guy, and there was no sense that he really wanted to get into... You know, there was nothing from him that suggested he he wanted it to turn heavy at that point. But mm. I didn't know what to say. So there was this awkward pause. And then to fill the awkward pause, Sarah, who who pretty much absented herself from the conversation up until this point, said, do you have any aunties or uncles?
1: <laughs> do you think that's the worst thing? Like, <laughs> and Did it come from a place of saying, well, you've lost your mum and dad, but is there? have you got anyone else in the world? Well, I
0: think that's what it was, but do you think that's a weird thing to say to somebody?
1: in this context like, yet well in actually in any context it's yeah. kind of quite strange oh, have you got a backup i mean that's that is basically what it's saying yeah you've lost the two main people but you've got any substitutes yeah yeah, that could, that yeah. rally around wow yeah oh and did he
0: yeah he did uh, funnily oh. enough yeah mm-hmm. one lived in uh, ohio oh yeah nice. another one lives in germany so okay. he he picked the ball back up, and the the conversation got light again. But I thought oh, it was good. such a weird thing to say to somebody.
1: <laughs> Did you tell her? Oh, that was a weird thing to say. Oh, this is, is this the first time you've mentioned it since.
0: I'm too scared of her to say. Th- anything, that's why really. I'm
1: wondering. Yeah. I'm wondering whether you had the courage to bring it up. Yeah. Right, and it's not like she's yeah. going
0: to listen to the podcast.
1: No, exactly safe place.
0: Yes. Um, yeah, that was that was a deeply odd. Driftery thing for her to say as a non-driftery person. Um, One other thing. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, you'll notice the deft, deftness with which I move from a harrowing story about somebody's parents being killed um, to something very light here. I ordered a delivery the other day from a place where I've been I'd say I've not been overdoing it, but I've been ordering from there with some frequency. Right. It's really good. I'm to, I've got this thing in my head where I'm saying, should I say the name of it? It's not like I'm on the BBC or on radio. I can just say <laughs> what it's called, can't I?
1: Definitely say what it is. I'm
0: not about to slag them off. They're called you know? Oh My Dahl.
1: Oh, what a lovely name. Like Oh My Love Darling,
0: it. but it's Dahl. Yeah. And <laughs> their little strap line is Indian, that's healthy.
1: Oh, love it.
0: So it's bowls of dal-based food and you pick what goes in it. You pick an extra vegetable and what goes on top and your chutney and Ooh. so on. I'm really, really into it. Sounds and great. Part of the reason I'm really into it is after the first time I ordered from them, I got a little hand hand note in the second time saying, uh, oh, great that you came back. And then oh. every time... They draw a little smiley face or say, glad you enjoyed it last time. What about this? You know, little little friendly things that I'm a sucker that's for lovely. it. That's lovely. I think it's yeah. the perfect intersection of good customer service and my neediness.
1: Yeah, that's lovely. I love so that. So I feel
0: liked because of these handwritten notes, even though I'm sure mm. everybody's getting them. Anyway, due to a chain of events, I ordered me a little bowl of dal the other day. And then I ordered four bags. Essentially, they look like packets of crisps, but four bags of these puffed wheat chili snacks that they sell there. The reason I ordered four bags is the last time I'd ordered a bag, wasn't hungry enough to eat it with my doll, so squirreled it away in the back of the cupboard and then Sarah just found it and ate it. Mm -hmm. Now, if food is in the cupboard in our house, it's anyone's. However, when I got downstairs and I discovered it wasn't there. I was so upset because I so was looking forward to it the next day or whatever it was. So I thought, what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll stock up. So if mm-hmm. she wants to have a bag, great. I'll have a bag. We've got plenty in the cupboard. Yep. So the food arrives. It's got my bowl of dal in it. It's got these four bags of puffed rice crispy things. And then the note says, that's serious snack time. <laughs> with a smiley face.
1: Do you feel judged? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. I think that was a real misstep on their part.
1: <laughs> the serious snack time. Yeah. It's like you're eating too many snacks, mate. Yes. That that's <laughs> absolutely the subtext to it. <laughs> but it could be you're taking snacks seriously and we like Come that. Come on, not, we all know what not.
0: they meant. It was Oh. You're overdoing it here. It's like they've Lay got
1: t- suddenly got too much personality and they need to like Dial it back again. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. In fact, it's it's like how a lot of us are in in microcosm. You get a bit overconfident, (laughs) you say a couple of things that go down well, and Mm. then you just blurt something out and destroy an entire relationship (laughs) back to square one.
1: Because, of course, you're never going to order from them again, are you?
0: (laughs) I mean, I have ordered from them twice since, but I do feel judged. Oh... Right, let's hear what the uh, the drifters have been telling us. Stories of social ineptitude, failed interactions. What have we got this week, about?
1: From Aaron, first of all. I moved to a new road last April. So with all the working from home, there has been slightly more small talk than I would like with neighbours, although everyone is friendly and nice. I just feel so embarrassed meeting people for the first time. So try and keep myself to myself. For example, the man in the house opposite came to meet me when I first moved in and said, hello, I'm Aaron. This is also my name, and it just felt too silly to say, "Oh, hello, my name is Aaron." Back, so I said, "Oh, hello, my name is... Oh, I'm nothing. It doesn't matter." <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! I love that. <laughs>
1: anyway, that's that's just the start of the email. There's more. Anyway, I've been clearing the garden after doing renovations, so I hired a skip at the weekend and I was chatting to the neighbour over the fence and he was clearing his shed. Just being polite, I said, oh, I'll let you know when I finish. Then if there's room, you can put your rubbish in the skip. As you can imagine, he was very thankful and I felt very good to be a helpful neighbour. At the end of a hard day loading the skip, I saw him again and said, oh, what a day, that's me finished. And I went inside to have a shower. When I got out, my wife was saying the neighbor is filling the skip and saying thanks to me. Why? You still have half a garden to clear. I now realize when I meant finish for the day, he thought I meant finish filling the skip. So he's taken me Uh, up on my offer. My wife thinks I should explain the error and empty his stuff out and then put it back in if there is room. As the skip was expensive and we need to clear the rest of the garden. This just feels mad asking someone to take their stuff out of your skip after you said they could put it there. Anyway, I said I'd sort it out. So, while she's at work today, I have taken a day off work to drive back and forth to the tip with my <laughs> rubbish whilst my neighbours has been collected in my skip by the skip company. <laughs> I love Aaron so much.
0: Yeah, yeah. Aaron, very much one of us.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, and this one is from Fraser, who you will remember from Quandary Corner last week and the man for the bread situation. Yes. The weekly bread. Mm. Uh, so... I'll start off with a very quick update on that, then I'll move on to his story. Okay, He's not been back to, because of course everyone wants to know what's going on with mm. the bread. He's not been back to the farm shop for four weeks, but he is going back this weekend and he's planning to adopt a variation of the port protocol and act as if no such order exists or that he completely forgotten about it. Like, oh, I'm such a scatterbrain, completely forgotten about right, it. Anyway, yeah, that, yeah,
0: that seems seems, seems uh, sensible.
1: Very sensible. Anyway, he says, this also got me thinking... I mean, what that
0: sounds like, and I really relate to this, he's banking on being forgettable.
1: Yes, (laughs) yes. That's his best case scenario, and this is the one that he's hoping for, yeah. yeah. This also got me thinking of other situations of regular customership gone wrong, a bit like Jeff and his occasional five Sapphires escapades. Mm. I remember back to a walking holiday that I went on with my best pal Gavin to Mallorca about 10 years ago now. It was a great trip. Each day we generally get up early and head off for a walk in the beautiful Tramuntana mountains. All with the added luxury of the guaranteed sunshine, we don't always get back home. After a solid day's walking, we'd worked up a real thirst by the end of the day and we'd make an early evening visit to a bar near our hotel. After the first couple of days of making the same order, Dos Estrella, por favor, they quickly cottoned on to our routine. We'd gained regular customer status by the third day with our beers getting poured as soon as we entered. We both acknowledged and agreed that this was a great achievement on our part. However, now that we had access to the elite club of regular customers, they also began putting a bowl of salted nuts on our table each night. Most of the other riffraff tourists weren't awarded this treat. Neither of us enjoyed this trashiest of bar snacks. Unfortunately, I don't think scampi fries are a thing in Spanish pubs. But the sentiment was nice. The bowl of nuts was put down on the table really quickly. So we both missed the one and only chance that we had to tell them in broken Spanish or pidgin English that we were grateful for the nuts, but didn't want or like them. So after such a nice gesture, we couldn't leave at the end of the night, leaving an entire bowl of untouched salted nuts. The bar ran the whole length of the place. So the bar staff had a good vista over all the tables and it was never that busy. So we would keep a lookout as to when the bar staff went looking our way or were otherwise occupied. Then once the coast was clear, it meant that each night I could scoop the nuts out of the bowl with my hand and discreetly funnel them into the pocket of my shorts. My shorts had a zip pocket. That's why I was the nominated carrier. So we'd leave each night with my pockets bulging with salted nuts. But satisfied at least that the bar sub would think we were grateful for their kind gestures. I'd waddle back to the hotel and empty my pockets of the salted nuts into the tiny bin in the hotel room. It wasn't a fancy hotel, so there wasn't, to my knowledge, a laundry facility. So my pockets and everything else I put in them, phone, wallet, stank of nuts all week. A price worth paying for the continued approval of the bar staff. But to this day, I often wonder, I often wonder what was going through the mind of the housekeeping staff in the hotel. <laughs> 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 he would come into the room each day and empty a bin full of perfectly edible salted nuts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that's fantastic. I love the uh, yeah. the snobbiness in uh, the, the trashiest of bar snacks.
1: Y- yes, wasn't there something? I
0: like that too. Yeah. Uh, Both excellent emails there. Uh, Please send us your story. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yes. Port. Yes. Shall we have another way in which you are not a fully functioning
1: adult? I was in my front garden last week when a neighbour comes to the gate. He's a builder with a van. He's very nice, very friendly. And he says to me, Oh, I've got a couple of shelving units in the van if you want them. I I cleared them from a friend's house and I'm taking them to the tip, but you can have them. They're nice. They're really nice and they're in really good nick. I know immediately that I don't want these shelving units, regardless of what (laughs) condition they're in. I don't want them as there is not a single free inch of wall space to put them up against in my flat. If I take them, I will actually have to put them in the middle of the room and walk around them (laughs) like a pillar in the middle of the room. I cannot tell you how much I don't want or need these shelving units. Then he adds, they're black. And I thought I couldn't want them any less. And it turns out I could. (laughs) Like, Even if I did fancy a shelving pillar in the middle of my room, black is not going to fit in with my decor. I've got pale floors, pale walls. The only thing black in my flat is the remote control and all my clothes. (laughs) So what do I say to this neighbor? I say, oh, great. Why, Why do I say this? It's because I don't want him to think that I'm turning my nose yeah. up at these shelving yeah. units, yeah, that I'm course. too good for them. Yes. Because it would say to him, I'm better than you. Yes. I've got better taste yes. and more money as I can afford to buy the units to my exact taste. But yes. so I know better than you. I know better than you about whether I want or need or have room for these units. Yeah. Which is all obviously ridiculous, as I can also see that he just wants to save a trip to the dump. Yeah, And if I take these units off his hands, he won't have to make sure that he's got his ID, Then he won't have to drive there, find the right place to put them, which it's not easy now. It's not just one big pile like it used to be. It's all divided up into materials. And then he's got to get them out, throw them on the pile, the right pile, and drive home. But this all just makes me feel more pressured to take them. As not only like, don't I want him to think that I think I'm too good for them, but I feel that by not taking them, I'm forcing him to take up to an hour, depending on traffic, out of his busy day. And what if he had an accident and lost his leg? Like, that would be my fault. So I'm deciding which tiny room in my flat would best suit a black (laughs) pillar. When Tom comes out into the garden and the neighbour says, oh, I was just saying, uh, I've got these uh, shelving units in the back of my van if you want them. They're in good nick. And this is what Tom does. He says straight away, there's clearly been no lengthy internal monologue. He says, okay, I'll come and have a look. He goes, he has a look. He doesn't like the look of them and straight away says, oh, no, thanks. And walks away. Wow, I am breathless in admiration. He's seen them and he still has the courage to say no. And I ask him what they're like. And he says that they're black and massive and shiny. And there's three of them. And I that if Tom hadn't come out, I'd now have <laughs> a black, massive, shiny pillar in 50% of the rooms in my home. I couldn't even have taken them to the dump myself. As firstly, I would have had to hire a van, but then when could I do it well, without there being any risk of him seeing me? I'd have to get a two day hire on the van and go in the dead of night. But the dump is not open at night. Anyway, Tom came out, all is fine. And God, I'm so, I admire him so much for that. It's unbelievable, especially given
0: that he went to look at them and then said no, which is even more like all the things that I, all the same anxieties that I would have that you expressed. Mm. Then then how could you possibly say no when you looked at them?
1: And I questioned him about it afterwards. And I said, how are we able to do that? And he just well, I, I didn't want them. <laughs> and that was it. It was just as clear, it was clear as that to him. I didn't just didn't want them. It's... No, there was no room for them, didn't want them.
0: Where do these people get their confidence from?
1: I know, it's astonishing, isn't it?
0: How did we end up with them? (laughs) Seriously, though.
1: I think we chose them because of this.
0: Oh, so like when you get uh, children who are painfully shy and never speak and then they have a louder sibling Mm. who does it all for them. Mm. That's essentially you're saying that's what we've chosen in our partners. tell you something disturbing that my son has started saying
1: yeah
0: and I will point out the last time I talked about something disturbing or that I felt was disturbing that he was doing you said oh you'll hear from loads of listeners who will say their kids do that and it's not weird at all didn't get didn't get a single email or tweet or anything
1: right okay
0: that was about the toilet thing
1: what toilet thing
0: I told you that if I'm using if I'm standing up doing a wee, he'll burst into the room and try and do a wee in the toilet at the same time as me. Because um, he yeah, really likes wee. weeing at the same time. Yeah, which mm. which you assured me would turn out to be normal. Oh
1: sorry.
0: So his latest thing is he keeps telling me how much he wants to be an orphan.
1: No. Mm. Does he know what it means?
0: Well, I was FaceTiming with my dad when Gene was in the bathroom yesterday and gene said this thing about orphan i said "Daddy keeps saying he wants to be an orphan and my dad just laughed he went oh he doesn't understand what orphan means so i said gene what does orphan mean and he says when both your parents have died
1: no and have you questioned him further about why he wants you to yes both die?
0: yes so he says he wants to be an orphan when he's 50 which okay. i think there's a reasonable chance of of that to be fair
1: hmm
0: I'd be in my 90s.
1: Oh, there's a good chance of it. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's about being allowed to do... What he means, I think, is he wants to live on his own and do what he wants to do without any rules or being told when to go to bed or what he can't have.
1: Right, right.
0: Because it's coming out, but but it's coming out as I want to be an orphan.
1: Yeah, you should tell him that, uh, no, actually what happens is you'll get taken into care and someone else will be (laughs) telling you what to do.
0: Because he does quite often tell me that he really doesn't want me to die. So I'm getting very mixed messages (laughs) from him. I told you, sorry, I know I'm doing that thing that I always find annoying and then I always apologise for it. But here we are anyway. Um, Another thing he's doing at the moment is he keeps telling me how much he wants to be called Zach and I should call him Zach.
1: Oh, no, I'm dreading that day when Rudy tells me he doesn't like his name.
0: I've never liked my name. Um, especially not the full version Jeffrey and it would make me cringe as a teenager and it still makes me cringe a little bit now I don't like it when people call me Jeffrey and I just think how heartbreaking that must be for the parents who chose your name Mm -hmm. and who watched you grow from a tiny baby and that's how they think of you and there you are rejecting it and I'm getting a little taste of that with him saying that he wants to be called Zach
1: what does he like about Zach he just like thinks it's a cool guy name
0: I think that I think Letters like Z or X, V maybe, are kind of cool to him. There's also a kid on Junior Bakeoff who he's latched onto a little bit, called Zach.
1: Uh, okay.
0: <laughs> anyway, um, so there's the orphan thing. Then another thing is he's really obsessed with bears at the moment. Mm-hmm. On Saturday morning, he said, "Daddy, can we go to the forest and look for black bears?" And I said yes, and because you know what I don't like doing is pouring cold water on enthusiasm. Mm. It's one of the things I find the most difficult. And but I'm, I set myself up for a fall because, of course, we went to the forest, which in fact is our local cemetery, and there weren't any black bears there. Mm. And he just became increasingly frustrated
1: uh,
0: about it.
1: Right, right.
0: And if I think I'd just said, if I'd just said black bears are native to North America and parts of Asia, there aren't any black bears in Europe, and even the bears that did live here in the UK were hunted to extinction many years ago, it would have been initially disappointing for him not to get to go on a bear hunt, Mm. but not as disappointing as going to a forest and not finding any black bears or bear prints or picking up on a bear scent. What would your approach be in that situation?
1: I I just had this sudden realization that that so that book we're going on a bear hunt. Mm. They just mean that they're going to look for a bear, like to look at one. I don't like think I they're had, had, thinking
0: of killing it. are they? That's what I
1: always thought. Like it, I thought it was like a, we're going on a bear hunt. We're going to hunt like hunting. And I, was, I always no, thought, isn't it I, weird? I've never read all,
0: it. I mean, do I'm, do they?
1: No, no, they don't. They don't take guns or anything. But in my head, I've always thought how weird that they're all, they're going on a bear. But I get it. I finally get it. Anyway, what would I say? I'd say. um, i say no let's go on a dinosaur hunt (laughs) i don't know i don't know what i'd say i'm rubbish in that situation i'd say no i'll put tv on instead
0: yeah that's a good one would you like to watch (laughs) something on tv yeah so so we come back and as we're coming back in the street we bump into a family a local family mum dad two sons and eugene was at nursery With two of these boys. So we know them a little bit and really like them. Like they are, on the rare occasion I've been to a children's birthday party and had to hang about uncomfortably, they're some of the people that I would always feel relieved to see because I felt that my small talk was pretty good with them. Mm -hmm. Especially with him because he came from a town like not that far from where I grew up. So we had a lot of things in common you has got a similar accent, which is always is nice to hear. So it's nice to see them. And I can see that in their hands. They're carrying a bunch of cards. Yeah, like in envelopes, addressed right. cards, mm-hmm. in colorful envelopes. And I say, oh, are you, what, are you, are you off, um, off doing some deliveries? And it turns out that they have sold their house. They're upping sticks and they're moving up north. Oh. And, they, you know, they're, they're, they're making a big life change and they're not going to live in London anymore. So my first thought was I'm slightly aggrieved that I can see all those cards in your hand and there wasn't one for us. Oh. At the same time, I haven't seen them in six months, much as oh, I like okay. them. Yeah, yeah. But I can't help but feel a bit left out. <laughs> but anyway, the point being, I then go on to have this great conversation where i'm really chatty and i'm not struggling for things to say and i get a couple of laughs and i'm feeling really socially competent and sarah joins in and it's all great and it's this family who were in our lives for the first few years of my son's life they're moving away and we get to say this good goodbye to them and then off we go and i'm feeling really good and happy about that as a final interaction isn't that nice and unusual for a drifter
1: perfect
0: then, today, I was leaving to go to work and I bump into them again in the street. Oh, And today's no. the day they're leaving and the m- removal van is there and it was just the worst. I'd, had, I'd gone out on a high.
1: Yes, they remembered you fondly. Yes. would have
0: done. And then I had this really uncomfortable coda oh. where I was just asking questions about the removal van because I had nothing else <laughs> to, to say.
1: Oh, I'm so I'm asked so which disappointed. motorway services they'd be
0: stopping at on the way no, up. You didn't. It, yeah, it just went <laughs> really poorly. Oh why why did the universe do that to me? The one You should have You should have just stayed at
1: home, locked yourself in until you knew they were definitely gone. I know,
0: I know. I'll teach
1: you a lesson that.
0: Yeah. I know. Anyway, there we go. It's a success swiftly followed by a failure. Um and time now for Mug Chat. Who you drinking out of, Mug Chat? That one's for tea and Mug Chat. Which one's your favorite, Mug Chat? That was a gift, so I'll have it forever. Mug Chat,
1: Mug Chat, Mug Chat. With Annabelle and Jeff.
0: It's this week's Mug Chat, Annabelle
1: emma says i didn't think i had anything to contribute to mug chat until the other day when i realized that some of our mugs are incompatible what we have four mugs in the same set which we use in pairs these mugs are decorated with naturalistic pictures of animal faces looking straight at you there's a bunny's face a hedgehog face a fox face and a squirrel's face However, they could only be used in combinations which are compatible in nature. The fox and the bunny must never go together. As in life, the fox will be trying to attack the bunny. The fox is also incompatible with the squirrel. In fact, it's only the hedgehog which is safe with the fox. (laughs) So it has to be the bunny and squirrel together with the hedgehog and fox as the (laughs) other pair. It's impossible to enjoy the tea if one of the animals is eyeing the other mug in fear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This feels like that thing where you've got a fox and a goose and I can't remember what else and you're trying to transport it across a river. Yes,
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Oh, that's great, yeah.
1: Isn't it? Uh, And this is from Sir Sarah. A few years back, we had to move out of our house over winter while we had renovations completed. I excitedly shared plans with a number of people. And one of the things I constantly repeated to friends and family were my plans to finally finally buy my own set of mugs to go in the cupboard rather than the selection of accumulated mugs we'd had since university. Now I had a very specific idea of how these would look. I wanted a set of matching but individual mugs so all same shape and size but with a different pattern so you could identify individual mugs. I enthusiastically detailed these plans to everyone who all quite rightly thought I was a little insane then the absolute worst thing happened. An event which my husband and I now refer to as muggate. Obviously hearing my enthusiasm about mugs, but completely ignoring the I'm looking forward to choosing them part of the conversation, I received no fewer than 13 mugs for Christmas from my husband, my brother, my parents, my in-laws and my best friend, all different. There was a set of four from my in-laws, which were white stackable ones with a grey motif. These are now reserved for workers visiting the house. My brother got me a large yellow one with hot chocolate from Mexico, which went to the charity shop a few months later. (laughs) My husband got me two large bowl mugs for hot chocolate. My best friend got me a very cool heat sensitive one that had constellations on it that has since been destroyed in the dishwasher. My parents got me William Morris print ones with two different designs and two smaller ones with a... Arabic. Huh? Arabic? How do I say that word? Arabic, Arabic. I think. Arabic. (laughs) I had a total mental block with Arabic designs on and a B1, all of which are too small for my liking, but kept to give to guests so they don't outstay their welcome. I was thoroughly disappointed that my dream of buying a cupboard of mugs that all matched had been dashed so cruelly, but had to smile through clenched teeth when saying thank you for all the new mugs. My mum, elated with my response, bought me four more not-matching designs in the January sale shortly after. Moreover, my husband refuses to get rid of his manky 70 style brown mugs as he says they are ideal for his coffee. About three months later, in a kind of mug rage, I bought four matching but different mugs, Mr. and Little Miss Characters, just so I could have a little bit of joy, (laughs) and these are my favourite mugs. I particularly like Mr. Grumpy when I'm annoyed. Our mug cupboard is now full, and unfortunately, as many of them are gifts, I cannot get rid of them. My dream of a matching set of unique mugs remains unfulfilled.
0: <laughs> well, let's ask the question, have you ever gone into a mug rage? Yes. Oh, mug
1: rages, yes. Yeah. No, it can take many different...
0: Incompatible
1: mugs. I'll take anything more on incompatible mugs. Yeah, yeah, incompatible why. mugs,
0: mugs ra- mug rage. Uh, mm. rages, uh, again... It's an ever-growing list of tangents we can go off on on mug chat, and I am here for the ride. If you uh, want to email us, uh, it's hello at adriftpodcast.com. <tallest noise> mug, 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 mug,
1: mug, mug.
0: Chat, mug, chat, mug, chat, mug, chat, mug, chat, mug, mug, mug. Mug with Jeff Lloyd and. Annabelle Port, and we will revisit in next week's mug chat. Annabelle, I am. I'm I'm ready for quandary corner. I'm ready for solving a a quandary around social etiquette. What have you got for me?
1: Okay, the first one is one that we commonly have. It's about the hairdressers, which. Mm when they open sometime in april i think I think it's the reopening.
0: 12th i've got an appointment book for the oh. 14th which i've had booked well, for done. about a week and a bit but i've got a horrible feeling due to uh, you don't need to know why but i'm gonna to have to postpone it
1: i'm sorry to hear that can i have it, your appointment
0: <laughs> yeah it's um a men's barbers i think they can Fine. do one thing they can give you sort of a quiff and trim your beard but i think you'd look good <laughs> with a beard and a quiff
1: <laughs> yeah, i'll take both Okay, this is from Eileen. I have shoulder length straight hair. I visit a hairdresser maybe once or twice, if essential, a year. I only ever ask for a trim or suggest they cut off what it needs. That's the full extent of my hair cutting requirements. They always ask me if I want layers. I don't know. I don't care. Where do I wear my parting? I don't even know how to answer this apart from on the side. Do they need more detail than that? At this point, I'm already quietly sat in a cold sweat of a panic. I just want it cut so it's less straggly looking, slightly easier to put into a ponytail, and that's me done. Having it washed in a salon always hurts my neck. I'm not bothered about them drying it as it's already straight, so there's no need to waste time with straightness. A haircut, while anxiety-driven, is an insignificant, laborious task for me. Rather like shopping, getting new glasses, or visiting the recycling centre. Why, therefore, do I have to give them a tip? I'll carry on there's more to this I know what you're mm, immediately mm. thinking you just have to but yeah. listen to more I work part-time delivering a service minimum wage this is not because I can afford to before to but because I failed at life as a professional person working full-time I skimp and save at every every economic ec- economizing available opportunity haircuts being one of these Rather than spend what I would on a week's grocery shopping on a haircut, I pre-book a Groupon code so I don't need to pay around £20 for a trim that usually takes less than 20 minutes. Having purchased then having to produce the code before the cut, evidence that I've prepaid after my cut, I am not then ushered to the till area. This is where I need advice. I honestly don't know what I should do. One half of my head is telling me that I earn less than these people. I've already paid for my service. I've said thank you and I love it even though they didn't cut enough off, cut too much off or styled it hideously. I should now be able to just leave and never come back. The other half is telling me I must leave a tip, but how much? And in my already uncomfortable, tormented state, how exactly do I pass it over? I don't have the funds to ensure people think I'm generous by doing a Jeff over tipping. And this is why I've gone out of my way to purchase a cheaper cut in the first place. It would also humiliate me approaching the till and saying I paid but here is a couple of pounds as a thank you. Is this wrong of me? Is that what's actually done? I genuinely have no idea so would really appreciate your advice. I have no issue giving a tip when paying for a meal even though I know that waiting staff, unlike in the United States, earn at least minimum wage the same as me. I just leave some money on the table. I just don't know how to say thank you and here is two pounds. Is that even enough? What actual wording is normal? Oh, oh, she says one One last thing. I die a little inside every time someone says, come on, Eileen, to me, so please don't.
0: I wouldn't dream of it. Would not no, dream of it, no. Oh, oh, I mean, this is an awful situation. I really... I understand
1: this. I know we have a clear-cut thing that, like, there are some people you have to tip. It should be at least 10%. But I totally get, like, her dilemma in that how do you do it it's quite painful and I've always struggled with how to do it
0: yes yeah I don't think I think you are either the sort of person who is comfortable giving a tip greasing a palm in some way or you're not and if you're not there is no way even though I'm an over tipper it's never a comfortable thing with me it always feels awkward um I oh, really, really feel for you. I mean, it is just the like the way I would think about it, and I don't mean over tipping, I mean just you know, a bog standard tip, is whatever something whatever a haircut costs you have to have it in your head. That's not what it really costs, it costs yeah. that plus this, because that's the uh that's that's just how it is. I remember once when I was much younger being in a taxi and not having the cash on me to to tip, or it was only a small tip, I gave twenty p on a ten pound journey or whatever it was, or nearly ten pound journey, and the taxi driver going mad at me for not tipping,
1: oh really, yeah,
0: yeah, like really having a go at me That's and not it was fair. at that point I realized that it's not a tip, it's the price
1: right. It should just be that price, then. Yeah, I think.
0: Yeah, that's why I'd I'd much rather, in a certain way, go to a restaurant where the service is included. Mm. Even though I, I, if it wasn't, I'd probably tip more than that because of my neediness. But I just this this whole business of it it masquerading as some kind of optional discretionary charge when it's expected is just awful.
1: I think the ideal situation for Eileen would be to, to find a hairdressers where they have, you know, some have tips jars out, mm. like like piggy bank, or they all have like a piggy bank with the names of the hairdressers on it. And then you can just discreetly put a pound or two mm. into one of those. Or if you're particularly skinned that month, you could <laughs> you could put a 2p in and, there, and nobody would know. That's how it should be. You shouldn't have to have to put it in someone's hand, which is how how it has been. This is for you. I, this is how I do it, and I hate myself. I go, and this is and this is. I just say something like, "This is and that's for you." Yeah, and I'm that's for to, yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's trying. what I do. I say, "And that's for you." Oh, it's so embarrassing. I think with my
0: hairdresser, and this isn't going to help, but I think. I overtip to the e I overtip to a point where she doesn't have to give any coins in change. So I round it up to such an extent that it goes up to the next zero. Even though it shouldn't really, even that's too too generous a tip. Just so that I don't have to be given money to then give it back to her.
1: Oh, so you're paying for the haircut in cash and saying keep the change? Yes. Uh yeah, that's good. But she's she's paying she's already prepaid because oh, it's not on working. Thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And just as a aside, so she is partly asking, you no, know, we've already decided that. She is partly asking, do I have to? And you and you're saying you kind of do have to although they're not gonna stop cutting your hair, but if you don't, so you don't have to you actually might
0: sabotage it. Ah, yeah, maybe. Could you not if you're oh. only going twice a year mm. you're not alternate between two hairdressers. Hmm. By In other words, you'd be going to a hairdresser, any of the two, once a year. Yeah. By the time next year comes around, they've probably forgotten you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're only going once a year...
0: And then you don't need to feel embarrassed about not tipping, although, I mean, I just just would anyway.
1: Oh, so painful. It
0: is painful.
1: What we need is, remember we did the secret waiter, we need the secret hairdresser. We
0: do, we do. We need to
1: find out how to give these tips. Is there anything
0: you could take in with you? Like a meagre slice of cake and say, I'm so sorry, I'm a bit hard up at the moment, so I can't afford to tip, hey. but I've got a slice of cake here. And then, or
1: something you've made at home, or something. Or
0: you could pretend you'd made it at home, and and or mm. something. And then, I don't know. I'd quite enjoy. Would I enjoy feeling pitied? <laughs> I, I really didn't like. Cut it when your Eileen own hair. Said that there we go. I really didn't like it when she said she'd failed at life.
1: I know that made me really sad. I know. I don't think you've. I'm failed sure at you life. haven't failed at life. You're, You're just doing something different. To what, yeah. Oh, some other people have done
0: yeah and you're you you know you're a thoughtful person so you haven't failed at life
1: and we don't all fit in that particular hole
0: no now me i've failed at life (laughs) (laughs) have we even
1: answered that i think i think so okay i think yeah i think so i think really it should be it it shouldn't be us worrying about how to do it i think hairdressers should make it easier for us and they should more of them should have the little jar out yes i
0: completely agree yeah yeah okay great
1: right let's go on to Rachel I've been swimming at the local Lido for about five years at the Lido I go to there's various in crowds who treat going to the Lido as a massive social occasion and there are a number of cliques various groups of old ladies who have obviously been going for decades who all know each other some middle-aged men who like to have really loud conversations in the hope that people will notice them and triathlete clubs in wetsuits who we all despise There are also a number of us who just turn up, swim, get changed and go home without particularly feeling the need to announce our presence to everyone that's there. Because of that, despite the fact that I've been going on average three times a week, every week for five years, none of the regulars recognise me. Now, here's my quandary. The easing of the last lockdown coincided with a flurry of press about the benefits of cold water and outdoor swimming and lots of new people started coming to the Lido for the first time, particularly as other exercise options were still limited. One day when I was getting changed next to the pool, two of the middle-aged men were having one of their loud conversations and they were commenting on how busy the Lido was. One of them then said, well, it's because there are loads of new people coming and looked pointedly at me. (gasps) How can I make it clear in future that I'm not some lockdown newcomer, but have in fact been coming for years? I'm already working quite hard to show that I'm not some sort of fair weather Lido swimmer, never wearing a wetsuit, only breaking out the thick swimming hat from December to March, Mm -hmm. not wearing gloves. How else can I convey non-verbally, obviously, that I'm not some Johnny come lately to the Lido party? Mm. I
0: mean, it would involve joining in with the conversation to some extent, wouldn't it? Unless you had, like, every year you'd spent at the Lido tattooed on your body in a very visible place. Yes, yes. I mean, do you just drop in conversation, say, uh, some event that you wouldn't know about if you were a Johnny-come-lately? Say, oh, yeah, I remember that time the that, that duck got in the pond in 2014 <laughs> or, you know, whatever it is.
1: Yeah, she has requested a non-verbal solution. Then it's the tattoo. (laughs) It's the only other option, really. Mm. She's doing everything else. She's doing the not wearing this wetsuit, etc.
0: Pretending to be on the phone and uh, with somebody with whom you're reminiscing about all the times you've spent at the Lido.
1: You could be like, yeah, I'm at the Lido. Yeah, I know. I have been coming for five years. I know. Yes,
0: yes, yes. So it's sort of, it is verbal, Mm. but it's not an interaction.
1: Or you could get a swimming suit made that says um, local Lido uh, 2006 or something. The name yeah. of the Lido and the year on it.
0: It's a less good version of the tattoo.
1: <laughs> it's less permanent, I think mm-hmm. is what it is. Yeah. And less painful. But yeah. Okay. So tattoo or phone conversation.
0: Yeah. and But I am saying, I'm, I'm just going to say that however uncomfortable it is to be thought of as uh, a Johnny come lately. I think the advantages of moving through that Lido without people treating you like you're a regular and wanting to interact with you, probably on balance, Ah, that's better. Even though I I would also consider it a person at the front.
1: Mm, This is true. Maybe just enjoy it. Okay, good point. Yes.
0: And that was our podcast for this week. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. We would also like to hear from you for mug chat. If you've ever flown into a mug rage, stories of incompatible mugs, as well as all the other mug-adjacent issues that have been thrown up in recent weeks. The same email address and the same email address if you would like to share your story of social ineptitude. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to uh, to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. We salute you, Kim. And Carla Gowlett took the photos. And I'll I'll finish with this week by uh, saying um, hi. My name is uh, um, uh, no no it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Righty ho! Do you feel that phrase has gone out of fashion?
1: Little, yeah. Mm.
0: I don't think it's going to change by me saying that as I approach the podication, but who knows? You never know, do you? This comes from Sarah Campbell. Now it is one from last year who says, "Dear Annabelle and Jeff, I hope that you are both continuing to survive the strange intensities of lockdown." A description passed to me um, by a friend. The Strange Intensities of Lockdown. Yeah, I like that. It's very
1: good, isn't it? Yeah. Mm.
0: I wanted to share a recent occurrence in the Campbell household, which isn't really a driftery tale. Um, It's just more to acknowledge and empathise with Jeff and your feeling, Jeff, of looking haggard during this time. Recently, Mal went to the co-op and was purchasing a bottle of wine and the assistant said, have you got any ID there, mate? And Mal said, he was thinking, uh, I don't think I do, no, and turned to the assistant and said, sorry, mate, I don't think I do, but I'm 54. <laughs> He's actually only 53 till his next birthday. And the assistant said, oh, sorry, mate. This story is told and told in our household, causing much merriment from my teenage children and me, although I am also feeling quite put out and miserable about my own haggaring looks and the unlikeliness of my middle-aged self being asked that question—that is interesting, isn't it? I wish I'd known that when I was uh, sixteen. Yeah, you can—you don't have to have fake ID or memorize a date of birth. You could just say, oh, "I'm I'm 54."
1: Yeah, you just—you just do a ridiculously hard because why would you say you're 54? You'd say you're 18, wouldn't yes, you? Yes,
0: yeah. yes. Sarah says, "I might add." that Mal did have a mask on and a baseball cap. Mm. And although I don't want to suggest he hasn't got a fresh-faced youthfulness about him, <laughs> in my mind, surely he does not look more than 30 years younger than his age. I have to say, 54, because uh, we met Mal uh, met Mal a couple of times in Hebden Bridge, and I was surprised at 53, but you're, you're quite right, I would have been more surprised at um, 14. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What with the illustrious uh, career of running one of our our finest music venues that Mal had and a whole life, uh, a past life before that. Um, Sarah says, here in Hebden Bridge, we are missing the Trades Club and live shows and the community hub that it usually becomes in the time of crisis in the town. So maybe this could go towards being a podication for Mal and all those at the trades trying to keep things going whilst hoping one day to be able to safely bring back live shows, including another Adrift, we'd love to think. We'd love oh, to think so as well, Sarah.
1: I'd love to go. Back. Yeah,
0: thinking of you both and your families in this time. Lots of love, Sarah. So, well, great to hear from Sarah. As Annabelle said, it was mm. sent a while ago that When I say, as Annabelle said, you put a note for me on the email. I know you didn't say it out loud.
1: No, no, no.
0: I was just worried that people would think, hang on, you said that, Jeff. (laughs) Why are you misattributing it to Annabelle? Um, But good. Well, congratulations, Mal, on your Mm. youthful looks whilst wearing a baseball cap and a mask. Mm. You must have a youthful. Keep keep it up. Yeah, must have a youthful gait.
1: Must, must do, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, And if you would like a podication, you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Right. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus,